This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunner Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series every weekday, Tuesday and Friday at 5pm, but a slightly later one today because my guest is a very, very busy man. How are you doing, Clive? Are you well? Yeah, I'm not bad. How are you? Sorry about yes. that, a little bit late. <laughs> no, that's fine, mate. It's fine. It's fine. It's all my, it's all my fault as well. I've been sending links out. I don't know if you saw this on the pod, but I managed to cut my finger I was gonna say I was gonna say off, which would have been a hyperbole, but I, I, part of it is missing. It's, it's uh, a, a potato peeler incident. Genuinely, oh. there is part of my finger completely gone. But uh, you know, I, I took it like a man, <laughs> and, uh, and we continue doing the shows anyway. Uh, but I basically, I'm holding this arm like elevated the entire time for like the next. The modern week. man <laughs> in the kitchen. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, never again. Uh, anyway, uh, of course, we have now witnessed Arsenal's opening two games. To- not mm. the best um, results, of course, we would have much preferred. And I wanted to sit down with you, Clive, to kind of talk through some of the things that need to change and some of the things that we need to improve. Because yeah. it's all well and good sitting here and, and plenty of shows do that and just, you know, criticise and bash what was wrong and highlight this. But I kind of wanted to talk through with you what we need to change, to, to what solutions we need to find to our problems. And it's very easy to say, change the manager in some senses and yeah. a lot a lot of people think that that is the right way and you know I'm, I'm certainly probably in that court but the realistic thing is that he's probably not going anywhere so we need to mm. kind of look down some different avenues we've still got time left in the transfer window so we can cover some of those solutions but specifically in regards to what you saw against Chelsea what do you think were the glaring and obvious things that need to change so yeah so Chelsea we beat them twice last year. So I heard one of your morning shows. We beat them with a back four. We beat them with a back three, right? Back five. When they play the back five against us, we play the back five against them and we beat them. We beat them in the cup final. We twanged Aspilicueta's hamstring in the cup final, ran him to distraction. Reese James was spinning on his head around, didn't know where to stand. And we just had a system in place, which basically really, you know, well, it's the game, right? We, we enjoyed those days. I'm not. I'm a huge fan of the back three, but I'm not a huge fan of the back three every single week. I'm a huge fan of the back three when you need to use it. 
So tactics are tools in your toolbox. Why turn away from the obvious tool on the day where you need to use it just because of what? Because you decide that maybe that's not the right tool for that day. Now, everything I say here, I'm going to caveat it. I'm going to caveat it by saying we've got COVID running through the camp. We've got a few injuries. We've got people in the squad who they want to get rid of, five or six. So the squad is actually smaller than we think it is. The last time Arsenal had a period where we were the worst in the history of mankind was pre-Christmas, pre the last time we had to get the old squatters out. right? So a few of those left, and guess what? Things picked up. We've got a few people who have been told to leave, mooching around the camp. There are extenuating circumstances, and I said a little while ago on Twitter, the season will not start until September the 1st. Mm. Now, people who don't like throwing away nine points, and trust me, I'm one of them, slap me, <laughs> slap me significantly <laughs> online. Yeah. But I, I could sort of see this coming. Um, I couldn't see Brentford coming, mate, to be honest. I mean, I when, that, when the Ornstein tweet came out in the middle of the day and we realised we had no forwards, that's not something you could predict, you know? No. And um, so I didn't see that coming. Although it would have been a difficult game anyway. Chelsea, I mean, trust me, it was a, it was a two 0 slapping, you know. And um, and yeah. City, we know we know what's coming, right? So um, it's hard for us to take this. It really is, but we got to take it a little bit longer, I think. We will have Martin Odegaard and Alexandra Lacazette back for Saturday. Does that change how you feel about going into that game? Are they solutions to our problems for the game against City? So, let's have a chat, right? Because you do shows every day and you've got opinions on the game. They are born from many different inputs, different people you talk to. (laughs) Maybe even myself, right? Like different inputs, right? People that you listen to, talk to, read. And in people on your channel, they're inputs to your to your opinion and how you see the game. Mm. And there's no just because I see the game differently to Mikel Arteta or what's my priorities of the game and my emphasis on what a team should look like. It doesn't mean I can't see what he's trying to do or support him when something goes right. I'm not going to sit there waiting for him to fail to say, "Well, you should have done it my way." Do you mean? Now, I believe my football philosophy is much more aligned to having a a team that people are afraid to play against, right? So there are different reasons for that. I mean, my fundamental things are it's a game of duels. It's a game of one-on-ones, your ability to control control your man and to control your own personal space. And from there, you can build something. So I believe in fundamentals being strong. And then you add icing to the cake. I think we've got a lot of icing at this club. Not enough fundamentals. Not enough glue. Not enough people that can hold us together. We were talking um, We were talking last night on the podcast. Just briefed about May United's class of 92. And when they brought in those kids in at the same time. But those kids had Bruce, Pallister, Ince, Keane, Irwin, Schmeichel. All of them proper men, proper players. Yeah. Right, we're asking to we're doing something similar, which by the way, I fundamentally agree with. But now my eyes are now going to the players that are holding this together. So I'm now looking at Shaka, Bamiyang, Lacazette, El Nenny. <laughs> right, your face Cedric. is already telling me Cedric, mm. William, 
Your face is telling Leno. Your face is telling me all I need to know. Now, I really do think the club is taking, trying to turn a new page, and I, and I support them in it because at least they're doing something which is not wasteful and not showing how anxious they are about retaining their position in the game by giving out stupid wages and contracts. I'm actually looking at the game properly and thinking about future squad value. But you need the right glue, the right fundamentals, and I'm not sure we have them. There's a unease about the status of the, some of those players. Shaka was our captain at the weekend or the weekend before. He was half out the door. Ita Bamyang Lacazette half out the door. Williams half out the door. Cedric should be half out the door. Leno's one year to go. He's half out the door. So do you see where I'm going with this, Tom? Yeah. There is no glue to solidify this. So there's no glue on the pitch. You then turn off the pitch. And what do you find? You find a young, bright coach, the second youngest or youngest manager in the Premier League, in his first job, traumatic two and two years or so, not been you know, very traumatic, very unfortunate. Who does he turn to? A young director of football, first job in Europe. Where is the club's glue? Where is the club's talisman? Who do people believe in? You know, and that's my worry. I'm projecting forward, and I, I I applaud some of the things we're trying to do, but I'm also somebody that looks down around the corner, looks at the horizon, and tries to think where people are going to be in the international break, and these are things people are going to be talking about. And it's going to be, uh, we've got a bit more pain to go, mate, for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be talk sport fodder, and you know it, mm, right? But um, yeah. we're going to have to stick together. I don't see that happening, Clive, to be honest. I don't see the fan base sticking together at all. No, the, no. the fan base is already melting down. There's already people knocking on Mikel Arteta's car window and, and screaming at him to leave. Mm. I, I'm in complete synergy with you in regards to the thoughts about unity and, and needing to come together in just you know realising where we are. And whilst we may have an opinion that a change is needed at managerial level, it's not going to happen. Um, and yep. we just need to push the team as much as we can from a fan perspective. However, there is still time left in the window. I agree with you, the season's probably going to start against Norwich, but there is still time to change that glue that you talk about. And one of the yes. players that we've been linked to at right back, for me, is, is one of those players that could in Kieran Trippier. And I like Kieran Trippier a lot turns 31 next month. And I think maybe the Willian situation has given people a little bit of PTSD in regards to signing players of a certain age um, and not actually looking beyond that, just kind of on the surface age and going beyond just to what they could do. Now, from watching Trippier, he has excelled in the last two years for Atletico Madrid. Simeone has improved him as a player and improved not just him as a you know, as a footballer, but him as a, as a person and how he is on the pitch. And if Arsenal yeah. were going to go for that right-back position... I have no issue with us getting someone in in the short term that's genuine and up, genuinely an upgrade in that position so that in two years' time or two plus one-year options time, we can then make a decision on Trippier and either thank him for his duties, keep adding an extra year until he's not usable anymore, and we've got a young guy to come through, be it the Norton Cuffey of this world or someone that we signed two years down the line. Yeah. So how do you feel about the Trippier case study? Yeah, I, it all depends on who goes out the door. Right, so if William's out the door and Cedric's out the door, then Kieran Trippier looks like a really good idea. You know, if say say William, Cedric, Bellerin, if they go, then you say to yourself, we've got room to put this guy in. 
and it sort of makes sense. I've, again, I've listened to you this week, and I, I found myself agreeing with you. We need, well, he's a good player. We need a couple of dads. Jonathan Lugo wrote a great article in The Guardian this week, and it's very, very big thing for fans to say, we lack leaders, we lack leaders, especially when we lose. When we win, no one says we lack leaders, right? Mm. But we said something, Arsenal don't lack leaders, they lack teachers. And I thought that was a brilliant line. On the pitch, you need people who can teach you what to do, tell you where to stand, help coach you, help give you a confidence. When you're young, you need that experience. We've got a number of young, bright players who are going to look different in two years' time. We know this, right? They've been pretty well selected. We can see the little sparks there. Yeah. But they need teachers, not just leaders. They need someone who reminds them of their responsibilities. And that's why I'm not against it. I I think it's a better option than the Bertrand option. I like what we've done in a left-back situation. Um, I do think we can afford it on a right-back situation. But it depends who the two are. You know, the two that are left, or maybe three that are left. If we're keeping Cedric there, and I don't see a reason to buy Trippier, we just we're going to be seen to be repeating it. If Cedric can go out the building and we're okay, then we can do something there. So, or you say to yourself, you know what? I'm really going to rip the bandage off, and I'm going to go for an Emerson. I'll give an example there because I don't think he's gettable, but go yeah. for an Emerson type because that's the type I like—a forceful, strong, up and down player that forces you to adjust to that player mm. and not someone who may as well be sitting in the seats with me at the weekend in Cedric and sharing my hot dog, right? Because yeah. he was absolutely posing no threat either way and just did his work, put on his tracksuit and went to the cash point. I... <laughs> When am, I, am also, I depressing you? When anyone talks to me about Cedric, my just my head just sinks. I just I can't go over why we signed him. I really I really don't understand why we signed him. I mean, I understand the theory of why we signed him. I just uh, we needed we needed support in that area at the time, and yeah. <laughs> but it just well no the Cedric well I don't why him <laughs> because when you got Southampton fans laughing that we've signed a player six months before he's a free transfer and he's injured for those six months yeah we then paid a small loan fee and then paid his wages mm. so he spent four to five million quid before we even see him put on his shirt then yeah. gave him a four year contract we started from the from Was the it summer. five years. It's it's four years. Is if it it's four? five years, are you trying to kill me? I'm old. I, I could know, go I'm at any genu moment. Genuinely, I have a worry that it's five years. <laughs> yeah. You keep going. I'm going to check. <laughs> <laughs> it's four years. If it's five, we we might this this show might have to end with with man down, right? So it's four. It's four <laughs> years. I'm, I'm sure it is. Okay. And um, and I just look at that deal and think teams laugh at you for doing things like that. Southampton were laughing at us. We don't need to do this. Why are we doing this? And um, I see one of your comments says, uh, this is the reason why Raul was let go. Well, it's a comment. And um, all I'm going to say is I share that opinion. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and look for that uh, that Cedric thing in a second. But that that's one position. Now, I know that you nearly had heart palpitations watching Brighton the other day and trying not to tweet, but still tweeting about Eve Bissouma. Um, now, I looked at the start of this window and I said, the right back and centre midfield positions are the two key areas that Arsenal must upgrade in this summer. 
the, the striker situation was questionable, but with Aubameyang and Lacazette, we had enough quality, I thought, for this season alone. Yeah. We needed to make sure we brought in an attacking midfielder, be it Erdogan, who was very capable in the last six months that we had him, and that was fine to, to repeat that signing. I didn't yeah. realise that we'd need to invest so much in centre-back, but I'm glad that we kind of did after watching how bad Pablo Marie is and <laughs> being very used to Rob Holding. Yeah. Saliba is a whole different discussion. Um and obviously, we needed a backup uh, goalkeeper, and we needed to add depth to that central midfield because El Nenny had a year left on his deal. So Bios had left as well, and and Granit Xhaka at the time looked like he was going to. And we've got the Afcon situation later next mm-hmm. year. So the, adding Lakonga was great, but I always said that the centre midfield and right back positions were crucial to taking advantage of a season that we didn't have European football. We may get the right back. That looks the one that's the most likely with the time that's remaining to, to sort. Yeah. How do you feel about the centre midfield position and how, I'll, I'll use the word disappointed are you, that, that we haven't moved on from Xhaka or upgraded on Xhaka or still have kept Xhaka but won't now go for someone else? Yeah, there's three positions in there really that's under, but maybe four if you're really looking at it. <laughs> I said I wanted four starters, but that was never yeah. <laughs> But then, you know, the next phase of Arsenal is in four, is in four positions potentially, you know, mm-hmm. um, Let's just take it in order of priority. Like right back's number one. We know that now. We've seen Ben White play. We need to give him something he can play with that he's not looking after. He needs to look after himself and get us playing. So he needs somebody who looks after his own job there. So that's number one. Centre midfield, look, you can't... <laughs> you need to be blind not to see Basuma. I mean, you just need to be blind. I, I don't know what people are missing here. Um, yeah. It's... He would have been the first player I signed the moment the season ended and everyone else has got a shuffle around the deck. I don't care where you go. Um, Shaka, if you want to go, you go. But this guy's our guy now. And you lot have got to try to get him out of the team. Mm-hmm. And I was still buying because I, I don't care about who signed what contract because it's not it's not a crash here. It's, a, it's an elite football club or meant to be and you've got to compete for places. You know? They Chelsea bought Havertz and Werner and Ziyech in, in one summer and had Pulisic they, mm. and they got Mount and they're fighting for two positions. They don't care. You've got to fight. That's how you lift your levels. We should be buying him tomorrow morning. You know, we, but you know, we're not going to, right? No. So if you're looking at, if you're looking at white, we know Gabriel's a potential. We've got Marie in holding. For me, they're not quite there. Right, so let's let's accept it. Marie surprised me how far he's fallen, because he was fine last year, occasional cover centre back, but he seems to really struggle in pre-season and he's really struggled in the early games. That's a disappointment. Holdings in and out player plays one good game, one bad game. The game needs to suit him, yeah. And so he's a worry for me. So we need to upgrade that position with somebody mid twenties when one of our 22, 23-year-olds has a bad game, mm. we're not adding another youngster there. right? So that's what I would do. I'd trade one of those two. But the real thing that's going to change Arsenal, really, and maybe this is a talismanic signing, is one of the two centre-forwards needs to go to be replaced by something else around 23, 24, 25. Mm. A player that makes people think he's the leader of the team. And Aubameyang has got that potential, obviously, and mm. uh, we're not sure about where he is in his mind or where the club are with him. He came on the weekend, Tom, and he was running around like a three-year-old. So he's still engaged. 
Let's see what happens there. Don't give up there. There's something in there still. But we still need that mid-20s guy, don't we? We need that yeah. mid-20s guy. I don't know who it is, but we need that mid-20s guy. Or we need to change how we play. And um, I was... <laughs> And we won't do that. We won't do that because we just bought another number ten, right? Yeah. So we need to change how we play. Maybe we play. No, have you ever thought about playing two strikers? I mean, crikey! I mean, do we have to have Pepe and Aubameyang? One North Pole, one South Pole. Do we? Do we need to do that? Can we like play them together and see what happens? I loved watching Conte's Inter Milan with Lukaku and and Latara Martinez playing together in a three-five-two, yep. and I don't know why we don't try that. Like, just try yeah. it. Maybe it might work. Yeah. You know, so I'm a big believer in just put a team out there which suits the players that you have on that particular day, yeah. and, and and we don't do that enough. And and when I see a misuse of resources, I'm sorry, I find it hard. To not swear on the podcast, and I, <laughs> I, I never swear really, but like uh, I just I find it disappointing because there are thirty to forty million Arsenal fans out there that desperately want the team to win, and mm. sometimes you got to get over yourself and say, on this day we are weak, we're unfortunate, we've got illness, we've got injury. I need to put out a team that's going to work on this day, and maybe he felt that, but I didn't think of the best user resource of the weekend. We can lose in a better way than that, in my opinion. I think that when it comes down to the next five games, which is, according to the Telegraph, all Arteta has to save his job. I don't buy into that too much. I think that's more of an estimate than anything. I think they're, they're mm -hmm. probably underestimating quite heavily how long it would take before the ownership make a decision on that. Um, he does have Erdogan in now, and, and he does have Smith-Rowe available. And you said there that... Those two there mean that like it's unlikely we'll switch away from a, a four at the back system so we can have that number 10 in use. Do you yeah. think the arrival of Erdogan is actually going to help Smith-Rowe by forcing him to play in a wider position, which I think he kind of suits weirdly well? Yeah. There's a couple of things going through my mind. Um, we we play with two tens, basically, didn't we? We play with a left yeah. 10 and a right 10. And and that's fine. You can do that, by the way, you know, you know. In a yeah. four, two, in a three, four, two, one, you know, have a box in the middle there, two deep midfielders, two high midfielders, rolling in off the touch lines, rolling in off the back line, sorry, and spinning it out to wing backs and following the play. So you have two playmakers. We could use any two from three Saka, Odegaard, Smith Rowe, doesn't really matter, and or Pepe, for example, and have one forward, whoever you want, doesn't really matter, very simplistic. There's another system you can use. I mean, you can use what Southampton used last year, the four triple two, where you have yeah. basically you start your your wide midfielders are, are your tens, they become your attacking midfielders, and you play with two or three boxes down the centre of the pitch, and you have two strikers pitting their two three defenders back. That's a great system for this team if you want to use a back four. You leave the space down the outside. So for this team, all you'd need is an up and down a right back, and we're off. You know, yeah. simple, just as that, a leggy right back. And you're off. So there's a way to maximise the resources and keep your units closer together and cover the pitch. Uh, what's so sad at the weekend was how much green grass was on the pitch with just blue shirts in it, particularly in that central hole. Mm. I know we spin out early to create overloads, white diamonds and triangles out wide, but mate, the game is about, if you want to do that, fine. But yeah. you better win the race back to the central zone. And we don't win the race. So when we expand, we expand too soon. And we don't contract with any athleticism. You know, and that's been a problem 
for a long time now. You know, we're obsessed with these wide area overloads, but we don't get back to the central zones. Whether defensively, we don't fill the box to really see the benefit of our build-up play, which can be good on most occasions, except when we're playing a monster team like Chelsea, who cover the pitch, out-sprint us, smash us in tackles, take the ball off us, and have build-up either on the outside or in the interior that we can't stop. You know, so it's difficult to judge us right now. I know people are hurting. I'm trying to look forward. I'm hurting too, by the way. When I say that, it's like I don't hurt. <laughs> and, um, yeah. uh, I hurt a lot. <laughs> Trust me, and we, and unlike you, Tom, we think about it all the time. Yeah. But I'm just concerned that we're going about this slightly the wrong way and not respecting the fundamentals of the game. And I think Chelsea showed us at the weekend it's an on and off the ball game. And one participates the other. You have to earn the right, I'm afraid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, according to the chat box, um, I'm just searching for it on my social feeds. It was expected to happen, um, but apparently Willian has officially gone, um, okay. which uh, I'm, I'm still trying to find the official tweet. I'm going to go onto Arsenal's website just to check if it is up on there, which it doesn't seem to be, um, but I'll keep an eye on it. But there, there have been reports, of course, that he's been in discussions with uh, Corinthians. And it looks like Eddie Nketiah could leave as well for Crystal Palace. It looks yeah. like that uh, there's a, one that I'm missing and forgetting. Terreira. Terreira going to Fiorentina. Kalasinac could also be off to Fenerbahce. Now, that's a lot of work that's going on behind the scenes regarding outs. Is Do you think that this, this was always kind of destined to happen? Because Drew brought up the point yesterday on the podcast that it was always unlikely that we were going to be able to push the deadwood out early in the window because yeah. other clubs know our situation. They know they're going yeah. to wait until the last moments and get the best possible deal. Why, for them pay, why pay their wages now? What's exactly. the point? Exactly. Yeah. So do you think this is, obviously this is good news seeing the players go, but do you think this could be a, a bit of a turning point for the club with Willian leaving after a single season, a real admittance of a mistake made in the market? Do you think this could be a bit of a turning point for Edu and, and those around him? I think... I think I hope so. <clears throat> there, are, the mistakes are obvious. We've mentioned Cedric. William is one, and I'll be—I'll hold my hand up when William came in because you know, well, Tom, we're fans, right? So you try to justify the the move. Mm. You say, okay, William's come in. We had Martelli injured, Smith Rowe had an injury. We didn't have any creativity. Urza was on strike. Do you know what I mean we didn't have we didn't have anything, did we? And we think, well, William has always played decent for Chelsea. Always been a good player, even when they had majors that weren't doing well he still played well you know and mm. i thought that's okay extra year no problem we can go to Qatar for the last year we'll be fine but when he when he came in he just he just drained the club didn't he of energy his yeah. performances so it didn't work out for whatever the cost was and there are rumors of big numbers but it didn't work out i could see what they were trying to do but at least they failed fast and got away from it <laughs> quickly and yeah. That's better than some of the things we see with um, other players who are still here. I don't think we recognise their limits quickly enough and moved on from them. I think what we're doing is very, very scary, Tom. Very scary. We are really going full clean now. And if you look at it, of all the things that we needed to do from a selling point of view, we could nearly do almost all of them. And that is a hell of a lot of work that potentially gone on in the background. So September the 1st is the day of judgment. My worry is, have we got enough, I said it earlier, have we got enough players to carry the youth? 
have we got enough and are they the right types of experience and I, at the moment i think we got we carry a risk there you know if i'm the management i think my job's on the line here i'm carrying a risk i haven't got enough experience at the right age at the prime age to carry these kids through and to teach them you know they are mm. super talented but to carry them through dark moments to teach them last year they the kids carried us through the dark moments that can't be the case again this year we cannot overburden them it'll be it'll be a dereliction of our of duty really and um mm. i hope we don't and let's see what happens so we, there are some buys to come hopefully they'll make us feel excited but i say those words and I don't really believe them. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I sat, I'm, I mean, tomorrow will be the 114th show or something like that of, of doing 8am updates on transfers that we've done this summer. And I said at the start that it was going to be a case of it will be the end of the window that sees Arsenal move the most, that most yeah. of the movement will happen for Arsenal at the end because of the outs that are needed to happen which will bring in some funds, which they will then release the ability to, to push for some players. If it ten, if it ends up being Trippier and a midfielder, then, then great, fantastic. Um, yeah. If it's just Trippier, okay, I'm fine with that. But, you know, it's it's still, I think, a missed opportunity in the window. Um, Eddie Nketi is a weird one as well. Just before I get a couple of questions before we wrap mm-hmm. up, um, what do you make of the whole situation with Edu kind of, holding out for a bigger fee than 10 mil because I feel like 10 mil for a player one year left on his deal who's rejected a contract and barely played senior football is not that bad of an offer to be honest yeah so I'll sort of it's just negotiation Tom right so they've come in at 10 register an offer I'll say 20 we'll probably get 13 plus three million add-ons we'll get nine plus one yeah (laughs) we'll We'll probably get 13 and a half plus three million add-ons and that's it. And we walk away and we'll be happy. Right? Mm. That's how it works. So it's never about getting the 20 mil. Well, I hope not because they do that. They're stupid because they're not in a strong position. He's not signing a contract. So uh, let's let him on his good and let him go and do his thing. And that'd be a good move for him. Let's go into the chat box then and answer some questions before we wrap up. Uh, Diddly Squat says, who will be bottom of the league when Arsenal play Norwich? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did, I did read something the other day where someone said, um, we're waiting for Norwich. What we don't realise is that Norwich are waiting for us. Yeah. <laughs> and They're targeting like, that as a relegation yeah, six-pointer. <laughs> they're targeting that to get their season kicked off. You know, so yeah. like, I thought, crikey, I never thought of that. Um, yeah, it's it's to, Tom, you are there at the weekend. You were walking around talking to people. You got the vibe. Um, I thought the fans were very supportive in the ground, yeah, very they supportive. Were, yeah. they, wanted to, they wanted to enjoy themselves. They wanted to support a team. We know we're not in shape. We know we're not ready and prepared. But there'll be none of that stuff against Norwich, mate. There'll be no goodwill running around the club against Norwich. Down, it is going to get toxic. Honestly, where your shin pads that day? It's going to be a tough one. It really is. And But football changes very quickly. Do you remember this time last year? Well, not this time last year, but last year going to Chelsea Boxing Day game? We went for that game. We were thinking, crikey, we got Chelsea. If we lose to Chelsea... I don't fancy us at West Brom and then Brighton. Do you know what I mean? I remember thinking, if we lose those three games, it's over. It's over. That's it. He's got to go. Mm. That, that brings us down to relegation area. Do you see what I mean? We play Chelsea at home. Bang. Beat them. Go to West Brom. Slap them. Go to Brighton. Beat them. Everything mm. changed from that moment onwards. Football can change very, very quickly. Very quickly. And I think we just need to get those wins. 
Sometimes I feel a team quickly forgets how to win. But as soon as they do, it all comes back. Movement is brighter. It's more proactive. People press a little bit sharper. They think a bit quicker. They 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 press forward rather than press backwards. You know, and it's just a slightly different feeling. And you think you know you think it doesn't happen, but it, you soon forget how to win, and that's where we are at the moment. I'm afraid it is a it is a drug winning absolutely, especially for athletes. Mm. And when you when you get that winning feeling, you don't want to lose it. You're like, oh, this this is nice. I want to <laughs> I feel like this every week, and yeah, exactly. uh, you hope that they do it again. Cena in the chat says, "Don't you think that ma- most managers will struggle tactically with the current structure of the club and still need time to build their own platform?" Yeah, I don't know if you caught this today. There was a there's a little snippet on YouTube on the Athletic, right? It's about yeah. twelve minutes section of their podcast. And David Ornstein did a, a chat about the the structure behind the club when it comes to buys. Mm. And it was really insightful. And he sort of said, Now no other club has a structure like this where all the power is sucked into so few people. Yeah. And when David talks, you need to really listen because he has a view of all other club structures. He knows how it works. He knows the governance. He knows the oversight. He knows how transfer decisions are arrived at. There is a discussion. Well, not a discussion. I will tell you, there is a new analytics team at Arsenal which are very, very good. They're well thought of in the game. They're bright. And it's interesting how the targets we've been linked to this year, you do a transfer show every day, have been much better than previous years. Would that, would that yeah, be a fair comment? Yeah, I mean, fair. when we got linked to Martinez and, and players like that, I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> there's, there's some thought behind this. You know, yeah. though we've all got our favourite players and I've got mine and so have you, yeah. and you're frustrated that they're available, frustrated when you see Haidara go off, you know, when players go off. Double <laughs> you know, slide! Yeah, there are players that go away. You think, oh, we could have done that. We could have yeah. done that, you know. And, um, did you see Zobosla's opening goals? I did day? see that. Yeah, I know he's had a stomach issue for a while, and I'm thinking that oh, that man. move's not working out. And then you see his first game, you think, oh, my God, we missed out there. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so, but, but isn't that, that's indicative of, we may never have got that, player because that deal was probably done but yeah. that's indicative of a of a player that can make a difference now i like marley odegaard I, I do like him but if you gave me the choice of the two i would choose Slobosai. Mm. and i think he brings more power more yeah. devastation more impact and influence i just feel we're a little bit light and that's that's my preference you know i i like players you know i watched nuno Torreira's come on at the weekend and he, and he's having it with people he's not mm. messing about he's brave he was i like that about a club i don't want to be bullied and moved around i don't say i want a, a whole team of bodybuilders but there needs to be a balance you know we can't be so obsessed with so many number 10s that don't shake the needle when we don't have the ball mm. you know and if you want to look an example of what a team should look like i you ain't gonna like it but Chelsea have got the balance dead right between physicality, technical ability, size, speed. They've got it all in their team. And they understand the fundamentals of the game on and off the ball. And they put a shape out for the players they have. Thomas Tuchel has never played a back three as far as I'm aware. And he went into that club and he went, this is what suits his team and I'm going to live and die by it. And he's just done it. Right? So... If you're if you're asking yourself what we what is the art of the possible, 
that's the art of the possible. I'm not saying we're going to go where they are because of the money to spend and our chairman's not put two billion quid of his own money on top mm. of what they get from the Premier League into the club over 15 years. So there is a they can afford to they can afford mistakes. It's not an issue. They can afford a hire and fire policy. We can't, but we can do better than this, and we hopefully will do after September the first. Yeah, fingers fingers bloody crossed that we do because if we don't, <laughs> I dread to think what's going to happen. One last question, and it's a I'm genuinely interested as to your thought on it. Um, and I was only going to ask it if someone brought it up in the chat, and they says, "Who would you go for if the worst case scenario happens and the Spaniard is gone? Who are you replacing him with?" Yeah, so you got to be realistic as well. <laughs> my realistic. So when yeah. when Wenger went, I felt the club needed somebody to manage them. I felt the club needed someone who weren't going to take no rubbish, not part of the board. Here I am, give me my money and I'll build you a team. And I wanted, to, I wanted Conte, basically. That was the guy I wanted back then. Um, but now we've got a different scenario, right? So we've got, we have just spent £130 million on not Conte players, mm. right? We're not win now players. Not win now players. And so I may now I'm thinking, okay. So I'm now thinking we need somebody who's a development coach that mm. can put an identity in that she wants to work with young players and build them up and create a, a protective state around the club. So there's probably two. And I'm Tom, I know you you know a bit more me about some of the European scene. Um so the guy at Ajax, is it Ten Hag? Ten Hag? Ten Hag, yeah. Yep. Or Hassenhuttel, funny enough. Mm, and, I've said that before, yeah. <laughs> and and not because they are like, I'm not sure where they are. In, the, in I'm not saying they're the top, top. But now we're building this squad and we've now bought into the philosophy of youth players, building stars. You need somebody who can do that. So Conte, the best manager in the world, in my opinion, <laughs> apart from Pep and Klopp, is Conte. They're the top three, right? So... Is he going to come to Arsenal for a youth project? Well, my knowledge of Conte is that's not really his thing. Yeah. My knowledge of him is I'm leaving because you can't keep your players. You want me to sell some, so I'm I'm yeah. going. I'm not staying around here. He's yeah. not he's not a patient man. So although Conte feels nice to people, we've now developed a philosophy and a strategy which moves away from him, in my opinion. So I'm looking for somebody who knows how to build players, work with young players build a system for them, protect their careers, nurture them, and make us like a, a, a Dortmund of the Premier League. That's why I would have loved Nagelsmann. Yeah, well, well yeah. But yeah, he was, was... He was, he's been locked up for years, mate. You know that. Yeah, I know that. It, but the next best thing for me would have been the Salzburg manager, Jesse Marsh. And, and he's, yeah, yeah but he's, his pathway was set for years. You know that too. Yeah. <laughs> I do know this. But he doesn't mean I can't dream. I'm sure, I'm sure, I, I'm sure I learned it from you. <laughs> Yeah, I've lost all rationale in the last 24 months. But they would have been my choices too, right? um, But an Arsenal football club that's better positioned and better thought of should be able to rip Jesse March out of his job right now anyway. And this is is how far we've fallen, right? We should be able to rip him out of that club. Say, here you go, come and look after our project here. Yeah. Yeah, Iron Cups with Marco Rosa, um, obviously former Rebel Salzburg coach, went yeah. to lab back now at Dortmund, and we'll be interested to see how we get. That's a good there. option too, right? So people are thinking. You've always got smart audience, anyway. But people are thinking smartly. 
not just, I want this guy, I want this guy. Think about where we're going. Think about the ages of players that we've bought. Think about the ones who are towards the end of their contract and think about who we could attract and what's the right thing to do, right? And that's the why I went for those managers. And I'm sure, Tom, you're thinking quite similarly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're getting a lot of love in the chat box, Clive. Uh, everyone has been very thankful for you coming on today. Appreciate your time, mate. No problem. I should have given more time. So, so, sorry for that. Oh, no, that's fine. Duty calls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, a massive thank you. Please do give uh, Vision a shout out. And we are both nominated for the Football Content Awards in different categories, so we can support yeah. each other. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. I, I need. I, I'll make sure I support you. I think I Thanks, have. Done. If I haven't done, <laughs> if I haven't done, I listen to the shows every day, um, most days, and so I do know the work you put in and the efforts you put in to get this Thanks, channel mate. going and keep it going. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking. You know, I'm not talking down to you. I generally, generally think some of the stuff you do is absolutely excellent. Excellent. Thanks, mate. Absolutely Appreciate excellent. It. So keep it going. Keep it going. A hundred percent. And I can only speak equivocally of, of obviously Arsenal vision, which just goes from strength to strength. It was an utter shame that the Vegas situation didn't happen and fingers yeah. crossed that something similar to that can happen because it would be great to see a live situation with the Vision guys because the audience would grow so much. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, it's, mate, I'll tell you now, we're growing. Mm. Beyond, beyond my, I sometimes forget. Yeah, yeah, I sometimes forget. You just sort of think you're living your own world, and it, but people listen to what you say, and uh, yeah. we're we're very fortunate, right, to have the platforms that we do. So, um, very fortunate. Absolutely. Very quickly, Raptors Gunning, thank you ever so much for becoming a member. Really appreciate your support, mate. And the real Yanis, thanks for the super chat. It says, I'm happy with the transfers, but we need more signings that would go straight into the lineup. From my understanding, players for the first time didn't consider us as their priority club. Sign for that different knock is gone. <laughs> so, you know, can I say something? I'll see. Yanis is... You're the one the time. So yeah, tell yeah. Me. No, they can wait for me. Right. So, like, basically. I used to, when I first started podcasting, one of the things I used to say was um, Arsenal should have a strategy about being the employer of choice. And I used to say it all the time. We should be the place. Everything we do should be around making sure we are the place to be. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. That's your top line. That's your mission statement. And all your pillars of your strategy should feed up to that. Because I feared the day when we weren't the place to be. Yeah. Right, so it started to happen when Ashley Cole left. Jamie Vardy was another slap in the face, mm. and because that can't happen, when you're no. seeing this happening, you think, "Hold on a minute, there's something wrong here. We're doing something wrong." Making sure we are the place to be, and I'm telling you now, watching West Ham last night, they've got their sixty thousand seat stadium. Spurs have got their sixty thousand seat stadium. Chelsea have got sixty billion quid under the SETI. Right, and, and and we're sitting there thinking, hold on, we're the Arsenal, what's happening here? You know, and we are literally the fourth club in London. Right. Yeah. So and that's how quickly it can happen. If you don't look after your work, you don't do your work properly, you don't hire the right people, and you make multiple bad decisions time and time again. Hand up, I'm not one of these people that lives in the dark. I want them I have to give the club a bit of respect what they're trying to do right now. At least we're doing something rather than giving contracts out to our mates. And that's where we were at the end of Wenger's regime. And we still got a couple of lumpy contracts to get rid of. Right. So I know it's tough for people. Stay with, stay with. It seems like we're doing something. 
that doesn't mean this manager is going to go on the whole journey, but the club has woken up to its place in the game and is trying to develop a new strategy. So I hold my hands up to them and give them, and I'll be there hopefully against Norwich, give them a bit of support. Fingers crossed, uh, the plan comes to fruition and uh, and we see it out. Um, and maybe the manager won't, but uh, we certainly will. We certainly will. We certainly will. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe. Please do go vote for the Arsenal Vision podcast in the category of best podcast. And you can vote for us in the category of best club content creator. All the information is in the description where you can find the website to go vote for the Arsenal Vision podcast as well. See you soon. Have a fantastic evening. See you later. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.